I once saw someone wearing a t-shirt that said, Procrastinators Unite Tomorrow. Well, this sermon is for all of those people. And granted, I'll admit that sometimes I am one of those people. But oftentimes in life, we really don't enjoy doing hard work. I've talked to many of you about the way you grew up and where you grew up and when you grew up. Many of you grew up just like I did back when things were harder. Some of you much harder than me. And you grew up on a farm and you had to work hard. I remember it was the same way for me. You worked in the evenings and the mornings. Saturday days weren't for goofing off. They were for hard work. Sunday was the only day that you took off. And you respected that as the Lord's Sabbath and as time for family. But your life often was filled up with a lot of hard work. I think there is still great value in that. And I think that the Bible points out the value that there is in that hard work. I was talking to Lisa last week or maybe the week before. We were sitting on the porch on one of those nice summer days. I said, you know, a lot of times we spend thousands and thousands of dollars to send our kids to Europe, to Italy, to France, to Germany, to somewhere fancy that they've never been. And they take lots of pictures and find boyfriends and girlfriends and drink lattes. That's where they go and spend their semester abroad. But I said, you know, in my opinion, where they need to go spend their semester abroad? On a farm in Iowa. It would do them probably more good than Italy or France. Seeing the Eiffel Tower is a beautiful, wonderful thing, but it won't teach you many lessons for life. I still believe that hard work has great value. And the writer of Proverbs agrees with me. Growing up as a kid, I didn't always like doing the hard work. But I would read Proverbs, especially two of them, over and over again to remind myself that this is what God was asking me to do. This was God's work. The first one I read was Proverbs 14.23, and I'm reading this from the voice translation. It says, prosperity comes from hard work, but talking too much leads to great scarcity. But the one that I read the most was Proverbs 6, 6 through 11. It says, take a lesson from the ant, you who love leisure and ease. Observe how it works and dare to be just as wise. It has no boss, no one laying down the law or telling it what to do. Yet it gathers its food through summer and takes what it needs from the harvest. 
How long do you plan to lounge your life away, you lazy fool? Will you ever get out of bed? You say a little sleep, a little rest, a little more time, a nice little nap. But soon poverty will be on top of you like a robber. Need will assault you like a well-armed You know, when these Proverbs were written, there were no easy ways to get by in life or to strike it rich. You couldn't go to college, and you couldn't make six figures that way. You couldn't play the lottery. You couldn't gamble your fortunes away on Wall Street. You couldn't join the real estate fortunes and hope to make money there, you more or less, for the most part, had to work and do it the old-fashioned way. Hard work. And it had to be timed because in Palestine, even still, there are two seasons. One is a, a cooler, rainy season. That's from October to May. And that is when crops are planted and prepared and taken care of. And then comes the warm, hot, dry season the rest of the year. That's when crops are harvested. And the thing was... When it was cooler and wet, if you didn't do your work then, it was too late when summer rolled around. You couldn't plant your crops in the summer and hope that things would be okay. As the writer of Proverbs said, scarcity, need, hunger would indeed creep up upon you if you sat around too long. The writer of Proverbs is very clear. Hard work has a time and a place in our life. But the New Testament also talks about hard work some. Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 through 24, is one that I also read a lot. In the NIV, it says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Well, as usual, I really like the message translation. It says, servants, do what you're told by your earthly masters, and don't just do the minimum that will get you by. Do your best. Work from the heart for your real master, for God, confident that you'll get paid in full when you come into your inheritance. Keep in mind, always, that the ultimate master you're serving is Christ. The soul and servant who does shoddy work will be held responsible 
Being a follower of Jesus doesn't cover up for bad work. You know, forget for a second that this is Paul's advice to servants, to slaves who were indentured or in debt somehow to someone. I think this is pretty good advice for all of us to live our lives working hard and to do it not as if we're working for a person or a company or for a, a need, but imagine yourself working for God. That's a completely different boss. And that's a completely different reason and motive, and I hope that it helps change your perspective on hard work. Suddenly, I don't mind the prospect of working hard if I'm doing it for God anymore. You know, we often don't think about how very hard Jesus worked. I mean, I'm sure he worked hard doing the carpentry and whatever he did before he took on ministry. But once he took on ministry, he didn't have low goals. He set these high standards. He had a mission to go and spread the gospel, the good news, that he had come to every person in every town in Israel. Everyone. That's crazy. And yet, that was his goal. It could only be done with hard work, especially when you only recruited 12 people. But Jesus was willing to put in the hard work. From everything we read in the scriptures in the New Testament, Jesus lost a lot of sleep. He got tired, he got frustrated, but he kept on working hard through it all. Oftentimes when he wanted to rest and to get away from it all and the people wanted more, he would continue to give more. Don't get me wrong, he did get away when he needed to get away, but he worked hard. There's a time and a place for hard work in our lives, and it's the same for us. There's a time and place for hard work in our lives. If you do it, think about how things will change. Think about at your job if you hate it and you're miserable. Or if you're at school and you have a teacher who's terrible, who's mean and vindictive. What about all these things that happen in life and all these situations we find ourselves in where we're not happy and we don't feel like doing anything or putting in hard work? But if you imagine yourself doing the work not for that person or for that thing, but rather doing it for God, suddenly it changes our attitude. That hard work allows us to achieve incredible things with our lives. 
It allows us to achieve goals that we didn't even think were possible. And let's just be practical. The hard work is what allows you to goof off later on. If you goof off now, you're going to have to work hard eventually. You can keep on putting it off, but eventually, as the writer of Proverbs says, it's going to sneak up on you. And soon you'll have nothing. And that is what happens to so many people. So many people put off hard work. In Proverbs chapter 6, it talks about the ant. And in Hebrew, the ant is singular. And that means that the ant was working by itself. And Proverbs 6 tells us the ant took it and did its work with no, no direction. No encouragement. No one lording it over them. But they worked hard anyway. We often forget about it and don't do our things, live our lives that way. You know, it's interesting. We often see ants around us and we just step on them or, or get rid of them. At our last house on 122, one time we had a, a stream of ants coming in to the kitchen. And the first thing Lisa says, call the exterminator. <laughs> so I called the exterminator and we got rid of them. And I didn't think a second thought about them. But if I had read Proverbs 6 again, I would look at it from a different point of view. Those ants are a great reminder of what we can achieve if we work hard. They're also a great reminder of what we can do if we work together as a team. They work independently, but they're working as a team. Never forget, always let that ant be a lesson to you. Anytime you see an ant, don't step on it. Don't get rid of it. Only if you really have to in the house. Let it be a reminder to you of God's call to do hard work. It's what we were meant to do. God has asked us to do certain things with our life, and we should do them with the very best of our ability. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, If a man is called to be a street sweeper, he should sweep streets even as Michelangelo painted, even as Beethoven composed music or Shakespeare wrote poetry. He should sweep streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will pause to say, here lived a man who did his job let us do our job well. Amen.